Today, I'm going to read. I'm going to pray really quick. I know we just prayed, but I'm going to pray really quick. And then uh, we're going to get into an English lit class. I know you guys came for a sermon, uh, but we're going to learn about English lit today. Uh, so so let, me, let me talk to our God uh, for, for those of us. Um, God, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, that, that you are on the throne and you are in control over everything in this earth, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that, that, that as I get up here and speak your words, Lord God, that it would be you who speaks, Lord God. If there is anything in me, Lord God, that is off or incorrect, have me not say it, Lord God, or have, Lord God, the ears that hear, Lord God, let, let them hear what you have them to hear today. I pray, Lord God, that as, as we come in contact with what it means, Lord God, to be in relationship with a, a pure and holy God, but a loving God, that it would change us, God, and it would bring us closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, so um, just in case, I'm gonna switch out the batteries on the fly. You guys will see I'm a superhero of here today. <laughs> um, so, so, um, if you have a Bible, turn to Psalms 51. Um, if, if you have a device with a Bible app on it, turn, don't turn, flicker <laughs> over to, to that. Um, let's read the word together. Um, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly, from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not be despised, you will not despise. Do, not, do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up wa the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. So I'm gonna say something that, um, that I know and I didn't realize. And maybe some of you have the same problem, that you, you know this about the Psalm, but you don't necessarily realize it. And it's kind of like men in the room, it's kind of like you know your wife is beautiful. Like I know my wife is beautiful. I got in trouble last time for the, the, the floral print comment. But um, I know that my wife is beautiful, um, but I don't always realize it. And that, and that is true because when, when there are moments in our lives where we see her in the right light, right? And, and you just realize, man, 
she's beautiful today. Man, she's beautiful. I'm going to make up for that problem. Um, and, and, and there are times where she says the right thing. The, the, one of the best compliments you can give your wife is, is to say, man, you have a beautiful mind. There, there's certain things that you can say about the beauty of, of someone that, that, man, you know it, but there are moments when you realize it. And as I was reading in preparation for the sermon, I, I know that the Psalms are poetry. And I know that they're beautiful, but I didn't realize it. Right, and there, there are, are ways in which we know these things, but we don't always realize it. And so for the first part of this sermon, I just wanna go over what we may know but not realize. And so the problem of, of, of any, any, um, any person teaching the Psalms is that the Psalms are like an like a, a, a airy bread, right? And, and, and if you push down on it too hard, as you rightly d- divide it, it'll become dense, right? Because it's poetry. It's supposed to make you emote. Where, whereas for like Paul in Romans, what, what you'll see in Paul in Romans is this very dense pumpernickel-like bread. It's amazing. It's good. You can, you can dig into it, but, but the Psalms are, 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 are this airy, brief thing. And, and, and so that brings me to my, fir- my first point in our English Lit class, that, that, that Psalms, that poetry are, are beautiful in their brevity, right? That there, is, there, is, there is, is something about how a poet will approach a poem. He will rip out the context and just make it about the emotion itself. It makes us emote in the moment rather than having the whole backstory of what's going on. Right, and, and when, when you read a story, they'll tell you that David came from this and, and he did this. If you read about Moses, he'll tell you that he was a baby and, and that he was floating down the river. But in, in, and when you read any poem, any good poem, you, what, what will happen is that you will come in contact with just the facts, just the premise of what is there, and then emotion. And, and so what I want us to, to realize first is that, 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 that what we see in David is, is he'll, he's, he's dealing with sin. He's dealing with sin in the psalm. And, and that sin, he emotes out what he knows to be true. And he does in a chapter, in, in 19 verses, what, what Paul will take eight chapters in Romans to accomplish. And the, the next thing that I just want us to, to realize about poetry and, and psalms themselves is, is that they're beautiful in their repetition. And when I, when I say beautiful here, what I don't mean is easy. I, I don't mean that, that, that these are, are flowery verses. This, this particular verse deals with some heavy and hard things. But they are beautiful because, because they, they, they deal with what makes us human. And so you, you see beauty and repetition here. And, and, and so what, what you will see throughout the Psalms is a repeating of certain words over and over again. Sin, iniquity, and transgression. Sin, iniquity, and transgression. And then, then he'll, he'll talk about being broken and he'll talk about being contrite, but he repeats those things over and over. And so what we find in, in, in poetry in general, as it makes us to um, emote, 
right? We'll find that repetition in any, in any song, in anything is meant to, to, to crash against the, the hard shores of your life with wave upon wave of repetition that erodes away what, what is there, right? The, that hardness that is in your heart, it, it erodes that, that, um, that, that those thoughts that, 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 that are hardened. And so we see that in David. We see a repetition over and over again. He'll mention the same things because he wants us to focus on these things. He wants us to be, be impacted by these things. One of my favorite, one of my favorite songs um, is Killing Me Softly, right? Killing Me Softly, is, it says, strumming my pain with his fingers, singing my life with his word, killing me softly with his song, Killing me softly. And that'll happen over and over. And, and what, what that person is describing, Roberta Flack is describing, Lauren Hill has a better version of it. If you don't know that song, because listen to Lauren Hill's version of it. Um, but but what, what they're describing is that, that when they hear this poetry, they hear over and over and over again what makes them human and it kills them softly because it's, it's describing the, her, her life, right? The, the next thing is beauty and commonality. And so what, what this means is, is, is that, that when, when, the, when the, the, the editor of Psalms, when he looked at all of the poetry that was available to him to put into the Psalms, he, 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 he picked out certain ones that would speak to all of us. A good poet will, will talk in broad strokes that will reach us all. And so the, the beauty is in the commonality that, that when he chose this, this, this psalm to go into psalms, he said that this is what it looks like to be human and sinful in relationship with a God. And so we see that commonality between us all, that this psalm and that every psalm in the psalms and any good poem will be in common with us. And that's what makes us emote with it. And then, then the, last, the last thing I want to talk about with, as far as, as, as poetry goes is that it is, it is beautiful in context. And I know I, I just said that the point of, of, of the beauty, beauty and brevity was that they pull out all the context. And so it seems like I'm, I'm contradicting myself. And some of you are like, all right, Shannon, get him off the stage, man. He's, <laughs> he's cuckoo. And that might be true. I might be cuckoo. But, but hang with me for a second. Because I... I, I I think I'm on to something here, at least I was in my life. One, my favorite hymn, Brian sung it last, last week and it, it just, it messed me up because I wanted him to sing it this week and I saw I was angry at him. But my, my, my favorite one is, is, um, is, it is well with my soul. And so it is well with my soul is an amazing song that for 30 years of my life, 30 years of my life helped me to deal with depression and, 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 and darkness throughout my life. And I went back, and back to that song over and over again because the refrain, that repetition of it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul helped to erode the hardness that was building up there. And so I struggled. And, and, a, and a lot of you guys know my story, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something with um, those of you who don't. I, I lost a wife and daughter in a car accident, right? And, and, and so when, when, that, when that happened, it was hard. It was hard for me. And, and out of context, 
this song helped me. But there was one day, we were coming close to an anniversary of the death of, of my wife and daughter. And, and I, I walked into a service, something like this, and, and the preacher was preaching and he came to the story, the context in which this song was made. And, and so the, the, the story that he told was about a man who wrote the song and, and, and what he did is his, his, son, his son died. And by this time, he, they're just starting off, little, little man tears are coming down my eyes, right? And I'm like, oh, it's hot in here. <laughs> Ooh, somebody's cutting some onions. And so I'm trying to keep my cool because I'm, I'm going down, y'all, all right? And so I'm trying to keep my cool and he says, the man, the, the, this man's son died and then he lost his business in the great Chicago fire. And, and, and then, you know, because that was a year of tragedy for them, they decided, you know what, we need to get away. We're gonna, we're gonna go on vacation to, to London, England. And so they, they get ready to go on London, vacation to London, England, and um, the, the man realizes that he needs to do a couple of more things for his business, so he sends his family ahead of him and says, I will follow you on the next ship. So his wife and four daughters get on a ship and go over to, to London, England, but they run into another ship. And as the ship, the ship, the, not the ship, the ship is sinking, the, the mother prays with the four, four daughters and says, God help us to survive this, but if it doesn't, your will be done. And so she, she the, 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 the next thing that we hear is that the man gets a, a, uh, a telegram, I was gonna say a text, but there was no text back then. The, he gets a telegram from his wife that says, we were saved, I am alone. His four daughters died, right? By this time, I'm blubbering, a blubbering baby. I'm, I'm gone. I, I'm, 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 tears are falling down my face because he's strumming my pain with his fingers. He was up there singing my life with his words, right? And so I, I'm, I'm crying like a baby because, man, I know what he's going through. And so the, what, the report that we get, the, the daughter that would later be born, born tells the story of her family that when the father got on, on, his, on the next boat to, to go out to his wife in London, England, when, when they got over the pl place where the, the other ship went down, the captain announced it, and he wrote, it is well with my soul. In, in, that, in, in that environment, that's where he wrote that song. And so let me just read you the first verse of that song in context. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like, like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. There is nothing like poetry in context. And so as we approach this, this poem of, of, of David emoting, I wanna give you guys some context of what he was emoting about. 
I, I want to I tell you the story. You can find this in, in 2 Samuel uh, 11 and 12, but, but I just want to tell you the story that, that, um, that, that David um, was this superstar, man. He was a celebrity. Like he, before he became king, the king before him, they wrote a song about he, how he was 10 times as famous as the king. That would be like me being 10 times as fav- famous as Trump, and I don't think that's going to happen, right? <laughs> but he was, he was a superstar. He was like Brad Pitt, but he was real. He didn't use props. He was real in battle. And that's what he was known for was battle, right? He was known for, 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 for being a, a, a great man in battle. But, but in, in this moment of the, his life, he forsaked what, what, what had, had made him famous. He was at home when he sent people out to, to die for his kingdom. And if that was the, the, the story, we would be disappointed in David, right? But that's not what happened. While he was at home, he sees a woman who is married and he commits adultery. And if, if that was the story, man, we would be very disappointed in David, but that's not the end of the story. So, so what happens is, is that, that, he, that Bathsheba comes back and says she's pregnant and so she, he tries to lie and cheat and steal to convince Uriah, who was one of his close 30 men, this, he knew the, this man's wife. He knew this man. He didn't know his wife, but he, he knew this man. And, and when, when he sinned against her, he sinned against Uriah also. And so he calls Uriah back and he tries to convince him to go with his wife so he can trick him to thinking it's his child. And if that was the end of the story, we would be very, very disappointed with David. But that's not the end of the story. So, so what happens is Uriah is, is, is faithful to the people out in, in the, the field where David was not. And, and, and so David sends Uriah back with the purpose of killing him. And if that was the end of the story, we would be so disappointed with David, but that's not it. It... it when he sent him back to the front to die, he told them to do the most dangerous maneuver that any army can do, and that's retreat. Why? Because you have two options. You can either turn your back to the enemy and die, or you can run backwards and, and deal with maybe falling over and dying. The hardest thing to pull off, he sent people into to, to battle. And, and when, you're, when you're in the military, you know that you are dying for an objective that is a worthy cause. That's what you want to believe. But David sent them out in an unworthy cause to die for his own sin. And if that was it, I would be devastatingly disappointed with David, but that's not it. David, after he sent them to die, and, 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 and pulled back and, and murdered Uriah. When report got back to him that, he had, that the losses were heavy, he said, man, people die in war. That ha- that's what happens. He was callous. And that's not the end of the story still. What, what, what happened next is that the, 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 the prophet Nathan came to David and he told him the story about a sheep and he said, there's a sheep magnate, right? And, and he has like, man, he has sheep for days. He has a bunch of sheep. But then there, there's this one guy and he only has one sheep. And he has it as a pet. He eats with the sheep. Like he has the sheep and he, they eat together. And the only thing he uses his sheep for is socks. I made that up, but it sounds good, right? <laughs> right, so he, 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 bring, he has one sheep. So the, the rich guy with all these sheep wants to eat some mutton that day. And what he does is, 
he goes and steals the sheep of the man with only one sheep, and he slaughters them. And then Nathan asks, David, what will you do about this? And David gets up like any righteous king and says, kill this man. Kill this man and make him pay back after he's dead four times what he took. And Nathan looked at David and said, you are this man. We know for at least nine months, because there was a baby born in the meantime, there was a son born to David in the meantime between when, when the sin happened and Nathan came to him, that at least nine months of David ignoring his sin, that he completely ignored his sin and did nothing about it. And, and the writer of, of Samuel wants you to be surprised by this. Right? He wants you to, to know that David messed up big here. It wasn't just one act. It was act upon act upon act upon act compounding upon another, one another. And so in context, I want to read this scripture one more time. Because what happens is Nathan says your son your, that, that, that sin has been released in your life and, and what's going to happen is that, that your child will die and that all other types of chaos will be released into your life. And, and, and David is concerned for himself and, and, and he, says, he says that he's sorry and Nathan says, look, your sins are covered but there will, be, there will have to be consequences in your life for what happened. And he tells him about the death of his son. And so David is on this train of his own making, headed towards the, headed towards the destruction and demise of his son. And he's trying to stop this train, the consequences of his own sin. And, and, and in the middle of that, let me say something real quick. As, as someone who's, who's lost a, a child, that had to be devastating. And, and some of us might struggle with God's action here, and I'm gonna get to that a little bit in, in a little bit, but some of us might struggle with God's action here, but, but what I think happens is that, 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 the, the, that death and destruction is always waiting at our door because we are a falling world. And God releases his hands and, and death comes in. And we know that to be true because, because the, the child was struck in not by lightning, he wasn't struck down, he became sick. And, and so this, this train of David's making is headed towards his family and he's trying to, with all his might to pull on, on the lever to stop it, but he doesn't have the power to, only God can. And so this is how he emotes in that context. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold. Behold, you delight in truth and in, in, and in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, 
and eyes shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my, all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation. Uphold with me with me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. O God of my salvation. And my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise for you will not delight in sacrifice. I will give to you, I would give, or I would give it to you. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices and in burnt offerings and in whole barn offerings, then bulls will be offered on your altar. That's the context. That, that there was sin in David's life and that, that he entered into this moment where he was hardened for at least nine months and then he became broken by what he had done because he realized that he had gone off track. And so I, I just, I, I don't want to push down on the bread too hard here, right? I don't want to make it dense, but I just want to pull out three premises that, that, that he started for, because I, I want you to rec- realize something that, that, that I, I, was, I, was, um, I, was, I was put on to by, by a commentary I read. It, if, if you notice, um, if you notice in the beginning, he's talking about mercy and, and his own sin, but then he moves into these declarations about who God is. Now, here's the thing. God didn't forget who he was, right? It wasn't like he had amnesia and, and David runs up and says, hey, 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 where are you, <laughs> right? It's, it's 2017 and you're in fate. Are you okay? That's not what's happening here. From, from David's own sin, right, he begins to build a premise about what the rest of his life will look like. And so he, he bases it on, on, on some things, and, and these things, these premises that he's building it on, he, he, when, he, when he's telling God who he is, God knows who he is. He's just coming into agreement with what God said about himself. And so we see all types of theology in brevity. Right, the way Shannon will say it is, is breathe in life and breathe out theology, right? And, and so through, through that, what he does is take, takes these premises and, and, and builds out what he's gonna shape his life on. And the first one is agree with God about who he is. And, and so here's what that means. When, when, when you agree with God about who he is, you are broken by your sin. And so this was the first step. The, the first step was for him to be broken by what he did. And, and some of you are trying to figure out what I mean by broken. And what I mean by that is stop medicating broken bones and torn tendons, tendons, tendons in your life. 
See, what we do is, is we, we begin to medicate our, our guilt for sin, right? And, and so th- there are two ditches that you can fall into that when, whenever you come in contact with your own sin, the first ditch that you can fall into is here, that, that you can ignore what you do to other people, what you have done to God. You, you can ignore it by, by, by watching TV and making yourself feel, feel better about it. You can ignore it by looking at the other person, the, the, the other person who was hurt by what you've done and say, look, it's not that big of a deal, get over it, right? When you don't accept your sin, when you just medicate it through, through, through going through life to try to ignore the sin that is in you, you'll never deal, you'll never allow God to deal with, with the actual problem. See, because broken bones don't take Advil. There's going to be some pain in the setting. And see, pain isn't bad, injury is. See, pain tells you what and where injury is. I think that's bad English, but we'll move on, <laughs> right? I appreciate that. <laughs> so so th- that's what pain does for you. It, 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 it tells you where it's located and, and, and how bad the injury is. Pain is good, injury is bad. And so when you take pain and you numb the pain away from yourself so that you never deal with the injury, the injury will get worse and the pain will get worse. On the other side of of undealt with injury is more injury, not healing. And so the first thing that, that, that David does is he recognizes, that's why he says, have mercy on me. Because he realizes what he has done has broken him. That the man that Nathan described was him and he didn't realize it. He had to be broken by his sin. The the next thing that we have to do is we we have to agree with God about himself. And and the the way that, that, that takes place is you have to agree that he is right in his judgment. See, in, in verse four, David pulls out of a pl- a plum a, a plum one out, right? He says, after everything that I described to you, he says, against you, you only have I sinned. That, that, I don't know about you, but that seemed a little crazy to me at first. Wait, 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 you just killed multiple people. You just, you just, you just committed adultery with a, a friend of yours, wife. You just, you, 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 you went to the extreme, and you're gonna tell me that to, to, to only God, it was only God that you sinned against? You're crazy. See, but here, here's the thing. For God to judge rightly, the sin is against him, right? See, the the son of David had to die because somebody's son had died. Uriah was somebody's son. Those unnamed people that died with Uriah was someone's son. It was someone's husband. It it, it It was someone's family. And so, so what, what David says is, is that this person was yours, God, and I have sinned against you and you only, and because of that, you are right to take your judgment upon me. See, when after, after David's son passed, after the, the, the consequence of sin actually hit his family, he didn't rail against God. He didn't take the consequences and say, how could you, God? He realized that a a just God is a loving God. That as his son had died, 
that someone else's son had died and, and their blood, like, 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 like Abel in Cain and Abel, cried out to God for, for restitution. And what, what we find is, 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 that, is that God was right in his judgment. The, the next thing is that he is loving in his mercy. In verse one, he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. And so we, we agree with God that his judgment is right, but we also agree with God that his mercy is loving. And, and so when, when we see sin in our life, our reaction to that sin is not that we, that, that we are, are, are doomed forever. We know that the mercy of God extends beyond the present moment, that he is loving enough to have mercy on us. The next thing is, is that we, we, we agree with God that he is awesome in his pursuit, and this is, is nine through 10. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold with me a willing, willing spirit. See, what he is saying about God Right? What he's telling God to do, he knows God will do. This is a premise that he is, is setting out, knowing that God will, 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 will pursue him through it. And so that brings us to the third agreement that we have with God. We have to agree with God about our relationship with him. See, there's a part of us that, that, that agrees with God about what he says about us, right? Man, I'm sinful and we're broken by it. And there's a part of us that agrees with God about what he says about himself, right? Man, God, you're good. You're a, you're a loving God, you're a merciful God. But we don't agree with God about what he says about our relationship with him. It's, it's, this is the other extreme, this is the other ditch that we can fall into when we are confronted with our sin, that we can agree with God about what he says about himself and we can agree with God about what he says about us, but he, we, we don't agree about what he says about our relationship with him. And see, what he says about our relationship with him is, is, that, is that his work is your action. It is his work in your life that, that, that comes out in the actions that you do. We can see that in, in verses 13 through 15. Then I will teach, teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my, son, my, my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your, your praise. If you notice, the first part of that sentence is always God's action. The second part of, second part of that sentence is always our action. That, that God does work inside of our heart, and then through that work that he's doing inside of our heart, there is action that comes, comes out when we agree with him. The, the other place that we can agree with him about our relationship with him is his pleasure is your good. We see that in, in, in um, do good to, I didn't write down the verse, but here's, here's the, the uh, verse. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. And see, so it is, it is, it is the pleasure of God that is the good in your life. He is not a God who in his relationship with us wants us to fail. 
It is his pleasure for us to have good. The last one is his delight is his responsibility. And so in our relationship with him, we see this in 16 16 through 19. For you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it to you. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices and in burnt offerings and the whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. And, and here's what that means. That, that all God wants from you is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart for, from your sin. And he has delivered the salvation from you. See, before I mentioned that we would come back to the baby, that, that, that son that would die. See, a son of David died for the sins of his father. And he, he had to pay the price because his, his father had sinned and released havoc in their lives. And God was not unsympathetic to David then. Because God would give his only son, the only one he would have, not for the sins of the father, but for the sins of his, his subjects. And he would, he would know the pain of a father who lost a son. He knew that Jesus would die on the cross. He knew the moment that what, of what he required of David, he would require of himself. But not because the innocent child had, had sinned or not because there was sin in the family, but because he decided he loved us enough. You see, God provided the the sacrifice for his own delight. He wants to delight in us. He wants to find good pleasure in us. And he has made a way for that to happen in our lives. He has done it through his son. And and so, as as I begin to close, right, there's... There, there's, there's just this, this one thing that, that I, that I want to say. If, if you haven't, if, if you haven't come in contact with a place where you can bring your brokenness, if, if you don't know of a God, if you've never encountered God in that way, that, that your brokenness could be brought to him and he, he provides the sacrifice and, and the, the, the consequence for what you have done, Man, I I would love to meet with you afterwards. I would love to talk to you about that afterwards. And and, and if you have instead, man, you you need to be reminded of the good news of, of, of God. That your station right now is that you, 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 do, you no longer have to deal with the consequences of your sin. In, in, your, in your spirit. There, there are, are physical consequences that happen, but, but there, you don't have to deal, that you ha- your sins have been forgiven. If, if, you, if, if that is you, man, I, I would love to talk to you afterwards in room five. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pray for us and, and then um, Brian can come up and, and we'll, we'll, we'll worship God in response to this word. God, I, I thank you for who you are. I agree with you, Lord God, that, that, 
that we have sinned, but I also agree that you're the type of God that, you, that, that can overcome that sin, that you hold all power in your hands, that no sin that we have ever touched, that we have ever done is bigger than you. No sin can overcome your love. And Lord God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord God, that that would be effective for your people today. I pray, Lord God, that, that, that those who may be hearing this for the first time or, or have heard it but never heard, Lord God, the, it, the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit is talking to them right now, I pray, Lord God, that they, Lord God, their hearts would be drawn towards you, Lord God, and drawn into salvation, the only salvation that can be delivered from a true and living God. I pray for that, Lord God. I pray that we would know you and find eternal life in you. I pray all these things in your name because it is by that name that we have access to this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.